hail our fair Riverdale. Register. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. My name is John. And welcome to the Riverdale Register. I so... was on the phone with my parents yesterday, and my dad was like, John, this is a weird episode of Riverdale tonight. <laughs> like, this show yeah. is nuts. And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I watched this episode and was like, what the hell? This is the most bizarre episode of this show. Remember that episode, Bizarro Dale? Yes, that wasn't as bizarre of an episode. <laughs> it really wasn't. It was pretty normal. Yeah. This, is a, this was a Bizarro Dale. What were we saying? What were we talking uh, Is there a question <laughs> from the audience? Yes, there is, John. <laughs> um, so a question that we have is actually kind of straightforward, but it is actually something that we really need to consider. If the first R in R-R-O-T-C stands for Riverdale, wouldn't that mean the shirt Archie wears says Riverdale, Riverdale, ROTC? Or R-O-T-C? Yes. Next question. Well, does it though? Because as you pointed out, the R-O-T-C is something that is universal. Right. And when the, when the, when the, general or whoever sends archie back home he's like we need you to reopen the riverdale chapter of the rrotc right the but riverdale riverdale it's implied Rossi. that their first r does stand for riverdale uh the <laughs> other parts i think are i'm sorry army but if i'm gonna google rotc you should make the first thing what the letters mean <laughs> in rotc what if it doesn't mean anything? What if it's not an acronym? Reserve Officers Training Corps. That makes sense, actually. That so, feels fitting. The Riverdale Reserve Officers Training Corps. Or the Riverdale Riverdale Reserved Officers The Riverdale Training Reserve Corps. Officers Training Corps Riverdale Branch. That makes about, about as much sense as this entire episode of Riverdale, which this had aliens. is a pretty nonsensical episode where somehow... Veronica has the most coherent plot. Does she? More on Does this she? later. Yeah, more Tell on this us later. about the title of this. Oh my god, I'm so glad you asked. Absolutely John balls rem- to the wall episode. John reminded me to look it up, this up because even though we've been doing this podcast for checks notes five years, I think um, that I need, I don't know anything about how to run a <laughs> podcast. So, or at least... At least you, I need You John know, you don't have to say these things. I can cut them out and help. No, 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 no. I like to be honest with our audience. Hmm. But let me just tell you, when I looked this up, I wish I hadn't. Like, <laughs> truthfully. So I haven't seen this movie, but basically Fire in the Sky, it's a um, 1993 movie, which is actually not a film. I mean, it is a film, but it's a biopic. Um, based. That's how it's described on Wikipedia. It's basically based on this guy's book um, called The Walton Experience, written by this guy, Travis Walton. So basically, Travis Walton was out in the forest with a bunch of his friends, um, and they see a spaceship in the sky, and they're like, oh no, a spaceship. Anyway, so Travis Walton gets, uh, and this is all obviously alleged based on what Travis Walton says, but... Right, but it's a biopic. It's a biopic, so it's factual. Yeah. And so the the aliens, you know, zoop him up and <laughs> they zoop did him say, up. Sorry, did you say scoop him up? No, no I actually said zoop. They zoop them up. 
I don't know. I'm no, like no, worried no. that, that I might accidentally that is the be act- a slur. That is the accurate verbiage. Go on. <laughs> yeah, but like, please, like, I hope that's not like offensive because I don't know what it means and I've never used that word before. Don't, please, so- <laughs> anyone online, don't come for Caitlin for accidental use of the term zoop. This <laughs> is what I thought it would sound like. So they zoop them up and um, basically he gets aliened like all this fucked up shit happens on the on the ufo thing and like they feed him weird things it's really graphic in the wikipedia description and they're in like these flesh encasements on the wall and then there's like a dead body in one of them and it's super spooky um and i'm not actually afraid of aliens but i'm starting to think maybe i should be because this is if this is real this This, is fucked this sounds like x-files but anyway, so the funny thing is, so that's what happens in the movie. Basically, they think that his coworkers like murdered him and are covering it up, and then he returns like five days later, disoriented, and you know, then having flashbacks of all the aliens, blah blah. blah. So in the movie, it's like all this crazy shit happens on the spaceship, um, but then in real life, or at least the account that Travis is, you know, telling us, mm-hmm. apparently, like. <laughs> I thought this is hilarious. The person who wrote this screenplay ad- adaptation of this book was like, yeah, we changed everything in this book because it was boring. So, <laughs> But he still claims to be kidnapped by aliens. And I just think it's great that you can be kidnapped by aliens and someone can still be like, no, bored. That's hilarious. So it's like a biopic, <laughs> but only in regards that it is an adaptation of what someone would describe as a biography. Yes. Right, Exactly. Um, but apparently, like, the National Enquirer said he had, like, the best alien story of the year. So, as we know, National Enquirer, very trustworthy news source. So curious who writes for that. Like, I've never met a single person in my life. (laughs) But very curious who would write for that. Maybe me. Who knows? Fire in the Sky was written by Ted Sullivan, who also wrote Quiz Show and killing Mr. Honey last season. So technically, oh, he hey, that was... the season finale last year. That was a fun episode. That was I a fun one. I liked that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this episode was directed by Gabriel Correa. Again, this is like <laughs> four this season already for Gabriel. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you have a consistent job? <laughs> Insane. <laughs> Insane. Hey, whose side are you on? I don't know anymore. Okay. I honestly don't know. There are. Five plot points in this episode. Arguably too many, judging by how all of them go. Uh, (laughs) Here they are. Volunteer firefighter. Quote, the bog preserved the body. Monopoly money. Tony finally yells at Cheryl. And quote, the maple syrup preserved the body. The maple syrup preserved the body. Okay. Two? Hmm. There's two different bodies perfectly preserved by two different mechanisms okay i want to actually do the fire department first because that's the one i think is very funny you want to do volunteer firefighter god this one is a mess and hilarious yeah so sad actually made me upset so really made me upset it's the aftermath of the fire and jughead says thank god we had two fire extinguishers anyway that all happened off screen (laughs) well fire is expensive yeah Archie finds an old picture of his grandfather as a firefighter. His grandfather, Artie, I think? Anyway, Archie wants to start a fire department. I think that's very grown-up and a good idea of his. 
And he would look good in a fireman suit. Sure. Next week. Yeah. Uh, Next week. And the old fire chief is still around. He's just retired. So Archie meets with Chief Russell at Pops. And Chief Russell tells him that it's not so much that the fire department closed down as the fire department was firebombed. I'm obsessed with that line <laughs> delivery. No, I, I like laughed out loud. And I was like, this is a sad. Nobody should live here anymore. I think Hiram won. Pack it yeah, up. Get out. Like, please, you not can, worth saving. I'm so sorry. You can anywhere. But, I, yeah. but it's their home, Caitlin. You know? Honestly, Memories and stuff. Sure. I don't know. I just think if there's any building that shouldn't be easily firebombed, it should be the fire department. I don't think it's actually any more fire protected than other buildings. No, No, yeah. And I guess the trucks don't just have water reserves on them. Right. Yeah, I guess it's like you would think, but like at the same time, like it's not special, like fireproofing. They would do that to everything, I think, then. So make their job less useful but yeah archie uses the same solution he applies to most of his problems what if we use the gym i own you know everyone needs a gym slash youth center slash fire department who was paying for this gym when he wasn't here he was gone for seven years did he <laughs> own the gym like I was there no ha- rent or mortgage the gym. he was and given the gym let it, it belongs sit there. to him but he but still he would never... have to turn the electricity and water back on and all that. Yeah. It, mm. And also, he's like, I'll just go stay in the gym. The gym that I haven't touched for seven years. It probably is fine. Well, it, it wasn't when he first got back. We saw that. Exactly. He Which means wrong. I think he may have kicked out like a bunch of homeless people. Mm, Which is ironic. Don't considering love what it. happens later. Don't love any of that. Veronica tells Archie that Hiram denied being involved with setting fire to his house. And Archie laments to her that he has no tools to start a fire department. And so Veronica starts making a Katie Keene reference, which I just don't get at this point. The show isn't on TV. Why do we need to know about I feel so bad. Katie so Keene's clear. roommate, Jorge's friend, <laughs> who's a firefighter so- from New York. Oh, so 30 minutes away. So good, right? Exactly. So clearly... Clearly, this is what I've realized. They probably, and I think this is actually sweet, before the pandemic, they probably told the actors, hey, you're going to be on an episode of Riverdale. And they were probably excited and happy because money in their actors. And actually, I think this is still, it still works to bring them in from the Katie Keene universe. Like, there's no reason why... Like, if they were going to bring in a random firefighter anyway, bring Wait, in the... is this firefighter in an episode of Katie Keene? Yeah, so unless I'm misremembering, but I'm pretty sure that Jorge had this boyfriend who then they had a threesome or a thruple <laughs> situation with some other guy, and then they the two other guys ended up, like, falling in love. I I don't know why, but this, like, plot point and is... One of the fire, and this firefighter is one of the guys? I'm pretty sure, yeah, Jorge is um, one of the main characters on KDK. I remember Jorge from the pilot, yeah. yeah. So I think this is like his boyfriend's boyfriend, basically. Now, or his ex-boyfriend's ex, his ex-boyfriend's current boyfriend, also his ex-boyfriend. It is wow. a stretch. And this whole time, I thought he was a real firefighter they hired for the show. Really? Act. Did you? 
Yes, no? because I couldn't, I could not think of a good reason in my brain <laughs> why this character was here. Well, Truly. so imagine, imagine that Katie Keene went on to live a long and successful life. I can't, because I didn't and, have... <laughs> and then it was airing at the same time uh-huh. as Riverdale. Yeah. I think it would have probably played a lot better, because Katie Keene got to have its full run in the summer, and then Riverdale would have had its run in the summer or something or would have like bumped up right against it so it would have made more sense it wouldn't make more sense if thursday at nine you were watching katie keen and wednesday at eight you were watching riverdale so was this probably the best smartest person to bring in (laughs) not not really but it would have made more sense and i'm happy they didn't like kick this guy out of like sag points you know kicked out of anything he was invited to well, no, but I mean, like, I'm happy that he he didn't lose SAG points after he was promised. I don't know. Do, do, does the I, SAG I think points? you're giving them a lot of credit. <laughs> I don't think anything after the first three episodes was promised to anyone. Who knows? Who knows? I just want to say the generosity of Roberto is not lost on me. <laughs> this so. guy is definitely not friends with Veronica, though. I can assume. And they're like, <laughs> hey, you want to see Veronica before you leave? He's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> He's like, who's Veronica? <laughs> I don't like, know. I just like fire I don't know Veronica. Yeah. Very passionate about my craft. Uh-huh. Uh, this is Corporal, a weird plot. <laughs> Corporal Eric Jackson shows up on Archie's door. He's telling Archie that he's going to get some veteran housing, but figured he'd visit that town that Archie was talking so much about, but he couldn't find it on any maps, yet he somehow found <laughs> his way here anyway. I... It, did we need both of him and the new firefighter? That was actually this kind of This is what I'm question. talking about. <laughs> like, <laughs> you could just say, because you have to assume that the military has a branch that's, like, for fighting fires. I have to assume they have something for that. I don't think they have, like, a whole branch, but, like... No, but there's got to be, like, <laughs> some people. <laughs> I have to assume. Made, it would have actually probably made more sense if they just had Eric, the guy from the army having had a previous firefighter That's, life yes exactly i if they that would have made Eric more sense show up and already be <laughs> able to be knowledgeable and train people in firefighting that right. would serve a better function in the store right <laughs> it just instead of having line. jackson show up and then a different guy show up. <laughs> yeah no you're yeah also eric jackson is so aggressively normal of a name in this show yeah like you're yeah. like oh he's not from around here no, he's from a normal real city that uses real money. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, Archie introduces Jackson to the boys. He's like, this is Kevin, this is Fangs. I don't know those other two. They never... <laughs> There's they, like two they other why. guys at the table we've never met before in our lives. And Archie's like, these are my best friends. <laughs> right. I love how Jughead can't play here. No, like, no, Jughead can't be here. No. I, I, I assume being a firefighter pays better than... I guess it doesn't it's pay volunteer, at all. This, so yeah, it's volunteer. Uh, Archie high says students are doing it. So Archie says he's uh, looking for a few good men, and then Kevin says, "Story of my life." While Fangs is sitting right next You've to him. You've had a boyfriend the whole fucking time for Kevin seven years. Yeah, <laughs> like what do you mean you're looking for a good man when from what your sophomore year of high school because since then you've had a boyfriend (laughs) you've been like consistently dating for a long time fakes would be like what the fuck (laughs) 
I get that you're supposed to be quippy or whatever, but like, <laughs> no. Sometimes he's trying too hard. Archie asks if they want to be firefighters and nobody bites. So at school the next day, Jackson is telling the raw rotsy kids how he's a great shot and then he shows them his prosthetic leg. And I'm pretty sure it's real. I think this actor has a prosthetic leg. I th I was confused by when he did that, and then I realized that he was complimenting Archie. Yeah, yeah. He says Archie saved his life on the battlefield. Right. It took me a minute to be like, what are you saying about Archie? <laughs> no, it's so weird because the kid's like, what can you tell us about Sarge? And he's like, look at my leg. Right? Like, he caused you to lose your leg. <laughs> Archie took my leg clean off. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> really good. A really good soldier. Um, yeah, I like this guy, actually. Like, I think that he's a very um, likable actor. Yeah. Like, I don't know something he, about him, the, but, the, like... He's he's forced to take some pretty big swings in this episode. Yeah. But I think he's pretty normal uh, yeah. for this yeah. show. <laughs> big swings. Yeah, Jackson brings up the fire department, and all the raw Razzi boys are like, oh, can we be in the fire department? And Archie's like, guys, you're students, and you play football. And they're like, so are you. <laughs> or you're a teacher you and you coach grade. football and he's like yeah that's a problem for all you know what fine sure but you have to be 16 and have your parents permission which i guess is the, is the absolute least you could do imagine throwing in guitar if they were trying to do music they'd never be able to <laughs> please do it. please force archie to also be the music teacher right he'll no he could not possibly handle it remember that was like a problem for him where it was like man how am i gonna do football but also music but then also the gargoyle king. <laughs> hey, at one point, this is a pretty grounded show about kids with teen problems. I don't know. I mean, in the episode two, they spilled maple syrup on Chuck Clayton's head while Betty dissociated. You're right. Our, episode two was when the show really told us what it was. Yeah, I think that we just all like had this like idea about what it was, but no. Yeah. So Archie introduces the real firefighter who is apparently a Katie Keene character. Yes, to his he is. nascent department. He's like, yes. do you guys have any experience fighting fires? Like, no, no they're, they're children. 16. That's why we brought you here. He says they must work as a team. Nobody should run into a burning building alone. He looks at Archie. He says nobody <laughs> should run into a burning building alone. Cut to. <laughs> yeah, Archie. Then Archie. We'll, Archie will do that. Yes. Uh, then he says, a crew is only as strong as their weakest link, and on his crew there are no weak links, which is a lot of pressure to put on 16-year-olds. And then they have a homoerotic workout fest. I, this is going to sound weird, but when I was watching that scene, I was like, I really miss those ropes at the gym. Yeah? Yeah. Doing the ropes? Doing the ropes. I haven't I really messed with the ropes that. or medicine ball in a long time. Same. Sad. Yeah. I have a nice weight set up now, though. I got those uh, those weights that can click between one one number and the you next. You tell me that, yeah. Oh, it's Go so on. beautiful. Yeah. So good. Exercising is fun. <laughs> All you guys go exercise as well. You guys, you have you tried it. exercise? Yeah, no, it's a new thing. It's a new thing trying can, that you out. You can do it while you watch TV. It's great. If you get a mini trampoline, <laughs> that can be all you do. <laughs> Come on. Really get your, who needs Pelotons? Get a mini trampoline. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I also got a Peloton. Uh, so, true. yeah. So, or I got a similar. You, you, we know. We, they're all the yeah, same. Yeah, we've had this conversation. Right. I know. 
I, I've had it a lot with a lot of people. Oh, do you have any Kleenex? No, I have puffs. All right, calm down, man. <laughs> give me a tissue. Actually, I've never had tissues. We've talked about this. This has been a problem in our friendship. No, I've real problem. I have allergic reactions to your pets, and you're like, oh, no, I don't have any tissues. Do you want to blow your name into a coarse paper towel? <laughs> I've given you toilet paper. It's oh, yes, yeah, so much better. I think toilet paper is better. Depends. Anyway, sound off in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> guys what do you think better to blow your nose into toilet paper or uh paper towels if you don't have tissues? i actually will make that a poll i think that's a good poll <laughs> the volunteer fire department this is this is the fucking this scene the scene i'm about to describe is a scene that i think broke my brain a little bit and it's very it, not a lot happens but <clears throat> the fire department's hanging out trading war stories apparently archie has another scar from a dog bite. And then this homeless guy just 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 walks in. They're like, hi, hi, sir. Did you, are you lost? He's like, my name's Earl. I thought this place was shut down. And she's like, no, no, we're a, we're at a fire department now. He's like, okay, good luck. And then he leaves. And then he dies. In the, right, and then he, <laughs> right, not, not to overstate, but then he immediately dies in a fire. It's so bad. It's so upsetting. This actually really hurt. This made me upset. This made me very upset. Like, the fire department and the building he goes into that's on fire or gets catches on fire is right next door to the fire department. Yeah, I think he was just trying to sleep there. Yeah, probably. Fire. It's just like it's so. That's such a weird, perfunctory scene of like guy going, "Hi, I'm Earl." You're going to need to care about me in about five minutes. Bye. I did care about him. It really worked. It did work for me. So I was like, I know something bad, something upsetting is going to happen to Earl to show. I, I mean, Riverdale you thought that. I was, at that point, I was like, I don't know what this episode is. But I will, yeah, well, I'm going to follow and, it wherever it goes. And it, it went to some very upsetting places. Mr. Jackson was very upset about Earl. Almost as much as I was upset about Earl. Really? I don't feel a thing for Earl. I didn't remember his name. Earl. Yeah, I, it's looked, Earl. I learned it later. Yeah, I learned the name later. Fireman, the fireman tests the RROTC kids and rewards them with more push-ups. Cool. And then another homeless guy comes in and is like, Hey, the pool house is burning down. And Earl is still inside. And before it any of... Weird before, scene. you know... <laughs> The fire department can, like, have a scene where we're like, oh, good, there, there's going to be a fire department, and this can help in the future. Uh, instead, Archie just runs in alone. Yeah, that's Completely against the advice of the fireman. Yeah. Who we will never see again. Right. Yeah. It was great. It worked out. It was, uh... It, no, it didn't. Earl, Earl passed away. So... He's not dead he, yet. Right, but he does. I want to prepare everyone because I was not emotionally prepared. So we'll get there. But I'll tell you about the scene you, that I was. Like, I don't know oh, why this why? affected you in any way. The only time you actually <laughs> see Earl's face is when he awkwardly walks into the gym. Everything I else that happens don't... is only like, oh yeah, Earl's like, he's he's somewhere. <laughs> he's he's nowhere he's, good. He's not apparently. on screen, but oh, he's going through it. Oh. So we go from there to the hospital where Archie is. 
completely fine, but also in a hospital bed with a gown on. <laughs> and Jackson's, Jackson's like, you know you're not supposed to run to the burning building alone. And Archie's like, it's Riverdale, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we play by our own rules. Uh, he's fine. He saved Earl's life temporarily. This they think Hiram started the fire. I guess. Listen, Hiram's not just going around town lighting fires all over the place. Yeah, Hiram just like has like a little matchbook, and he's like, "What shall I light on fire today?" <laughs> Honestly, why did he he's just, just a little just, arsonist? He could just take like an entire like a flamethrower. If I ever wanted to, what is stopping him from just taking a flamethrower and flamethrowing the whole fucking town? Nothing. I, Nothing. I don't know. Think about it. He doesn't even Archie? respect an FBI badge in this episode, so. In a, in the Jacker Cracks barrel. <laughs> Did I, he say Jacker Cracks? Well, I, I'm not. I thought sure. he said Cracker Jack. No, I thought he said Cracker Jack, and I'm like, no, didn't he say Jacker Cracks? Well, now I don't know. You're Mandela affecting me. <laughs> Well, I couldn't rewind it, but I did buy it on Amazon, so I'm gonna rewatch oh, it. And if oh, I'm good. wrong, I'm glad I you up own my brain. this episode of of yeah, of, yeah. of, of Riverdale. No, I'll rewatch. I'll rewatch it. A yeah, lot. it's so, your favorite. Yeah, big fan. <laughs> Just based on description, Jackson's like, "Oh, this Hiram guy has to go." So he gets it. He's like you, Caitlin. Right? No, please. He, he's please. like, wait, how many seasons has this guy been around? That's ridiculous. <laughs> Nothing it is, and it's still like this. Changed. It's still like this. His his motives have been almost exactly the same. Slight tweaks. Slight tweaks to the plan. And I also have a great theory about oh, him. That, oh, we'll get there. That I think is going to be super compelling. Uh, so if it's Hiram Land. Then... Well, I mean, <laughs> it's it's a it's a little different actually, oh. but that's because it's canon now. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, Earl was a vet. Listen, I'm just going to say it. Earl should have been the fire chief. Oh, yeah. If the fire chief were a homeless guy now and were like, no, you can't have a fire department. And then like came by while they were training. was like, oh, a fire department. And then died in the fire and all that and was a vet. I'd be all on board with all of this. Also, that would be way less people they had to hire for this episode. Way less people. And one of the COVID rules is less people. Yeah, it seems like they're like, how can we morph people into more people? Right, but then it's like people having scenes where they just like talk across a room at each other. Yeah. What's your name? Earl. Hi, Earl. I I thought that was weird, too. I figured um, also the desks being very far apart in the classroom scene. Did you notice that? All The The desks are pretty far apart, yeah. They're all far, far apart. I've never seen a classroom quite like that i thought that and, was weird and luckily so, in the plot they can just be like yeah we don't have a lot of students yeah so why not it works out jackson's getting messed up he's like what were we even fighting for man he tells archie comes home at one point and finds jackson like with a gun he's like going out to kill hiram because earl's dead but archie won't let him do it jackson's in a dark place he tells he tells archie that he lost his slot in the veterans home he lost and archie feels the same his friends wouldn't understand after all that war he saw. And Archie asked Jackson to stay and command the fire department so they can help each other stay sane. What a weird a nice person scene. to bring to the fold here, though. It's a nice scene that really, really makes me mad because this this is the literal conversation that Archie and Betty should be having. 
Yeah, they don't talk this episode. No, they don't talk at all this episode. And huh, like, Betty's seen some shit, and Archie's seen some shit. Yeah. And if they had a conversation where they said, hey, maybe together we can help each other stay sane, you'd probably buy into them a little bit more. Yeah. But instead, Archie's got a bro from out of town for that. Also, imagine this guy Jackson showing up on day one of him literally just being like, I'm going to go visit my friend. And then I'm going to see a man die. Yeah. And yes. then that's the thing. Yes. The Earl thing Jesus. was all within a day. It's not yes, like it's a lot. It's 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 not like oh we met Earl and then like a couple of days later he died in a fire. No, that was the same day. That was like <laughs> maybe an hour passed between those two things. I love how everyone says Earl like a lot. Yeah, they say Earl. Also, a lot. did we know Earl was a vet? You know when did he say I'm, that? I'm Part. over. Oh, they they mentioned that while he's in the hospital. Right, but like. Who is, who is Margaret from the Betty plot? Is that Squeaky or is that a different person? No, that's Squeaky. That's not Squeaky because Squeaky just died. Right. And Margaret's been in that zone, the bog that preserves all the bodies. It's insane. They're talking about Margaret like I know yeah. who this girl is. Right. She was a vet. <laughs> she ran the fire department. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, that's all the things we know, yeah. So. Uh, then at the end of this episode, Kevin and Fangs tell Archie and Jackson that Weatherby stepped in and said teenagers can't be firefighters. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> but they want to sign up. But who will train them? And that's when Chief Russell enters and admits he's inspired by Archie's stupidity. Then Veronica <laughs> drives in for a truck and says they can pay for it with a sexy calendar. Which and that's is- the end of the Archie plot. And it just. I feel like my time was wasted a little bit. Veronica saved the day, though. And I think it's important to know that when you have a rich ex-girlfriend, anything is possible. God, yeah. It's... If that is not the theme of this season of Riverdale, what having a rich with... ex-girlfriend is oh, vital. And she'll still do anything for him at the drop of yeah. a hat. But Honestly, she won't even talk together. to Chad. Get back together. I I I just think get back together. Go I be on their own show. I don't. I don't want know. it. I don't want that show. But Why do you want that this. show? You know what? I don't need this. What I, I don't need our team starting a fire department, and I don't need Veronica pumping fake money into the economy. I think they should just go back to banging in inside her shower where she's wearing pearls but that was fun for why me. that was fun that was a fun thing uh, no. it's I, all I think, they ever did i think that archie clearly still loves veronica though yeah like, i'm that that's the part that's making me mad is that right I know. it feels like it. this is what they're doing yeah. i know they're not doing a lot of lingering shots of them like eyeing they each aren't. other which i thought they would i think we both thought that they would do that, and yeah. they really haven't. They've avoided they, that completely, they actually. They've been really playing it platonic. Yeah. There was that time Archie stepped in with Chad, and I I think something's going to happen next week, and I just don't I have want a lot it. of questions. I have a lot of questions about that promo, <sighs> and we'll get there. Very questionable things happening. Got a lot to say about it, but we'll get there. Well, in the meantime, what plot would you like to jump to here? Let's do the bog. Okay. Is the dead body that we found last week Polly? No. 
Apparently, these remains, according to Dr. Creepy Doctor Jr., have been in the swamp for three years. Quote, the bog preserved her. He says that she died of blunt force trauma to the head, and without I'm identification, so she'll be disposed to... of at the crematorium. Not trying to laugh, but for some reason, the bog nut popped into my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, to say it. I don't know why. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I would like to refer to the bog as the bog nut. I'm in. Yeah, thank you. So <laughs> it's important to me that happens. Yes. So Betty, Betty immediately goes and and comes back to creepy Doctor Junior and tells him that based on the recent missing body reports, this body has to be this girl named Margaret Harper. Creepy Doctor is like, you'd think that, but no. It's a different girl. It's <laughs> Margaret Harper had braces, and this girl does not. Wouldn't that be simple if it was just that person that you thought it was? Instead of this other person that you don't know either? Unfortunately, so... uh, Labognut is a popular body dumping destination. Yikes, You've used yikes. it, Betty. Oh, ye- oh fuck. Did they dump the shady man in the bog? I, I swear, they dumped a car in the bog. The shady yes, man they, they put in like a pipe and then underground with lye. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just saying I it's just, a mm. not an unpopular dumping location. I just feel like they could have <clears throat> put his body in lye and then thrown it in like the bog, you know? Sure, maybe, but I don't think that happened. I'm pretty I sure. No, I'm FP just saying, like, why didn't they do that anyway? So. You're right. It's not important. We shouldn't think about those things. I'm not. But, don't make me go yeah. back to season two and explain. That no, no, no. And look for okay. holes. Yeah. Betty. Betty talks to Miss Harper. She tells her. She tells Betty that Margaret started going with the truckers. And then what happened? Well, she doesn't know. Sheriff Keller searched, but he was only one man. But she does say that this woman, Tony, the social worker, was a godsend. Aw. Yeah. Good for Tony. A lot of people going missing on her watch, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. We'll get to Tony in like a moment. She just. <laughs> she's not as good at her job as you want her to be. Yeah. Betty. Yeah. Betty comes home to mud tracks. Apparently, Alice found Polly's phone in the swamp. She's like covered in mud in this shot. And Didn't then, we know her phone was in the? Yeah, oh, no, we already found, knew, okay, but yeah. now we found it. Right. So. I guess so that double confirms what we already knew. Well, I guess it also it, means that she, yeah, no, just double because they were calling the phone at the end right. of the last episode. It wasn't like we found her bracelet near her <laughs> phone, so right. she was probably there. Also, somebody could just take your phone and throw it. Yeah, that phone could have been tossed there from anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Betty asks Tony about Margaret Harper, and Tony's like, "Listen, I tried to help, but." It's hard, you know? And that's what I say about all of the people who come to me for help. It's hard. Bye. I mean, to be fair, it probably was hard, John. Yeah, yeah, and? I don't know. Just saying. It doesn't seem like Tony's actually getting a lot done. (laughs) There was a lot of girls like Margaret. If she she tries, but then, you know, it's hard. You don't know how many girls like Margaret there were and how many girls Tony saved. We yeah, and Tony could have said that to Betty, but Tony said, it's hard, you know? 
fine. But she also has a lot of other things going on. Yeah. For example, everyone she does. runs she runs the trucking companies. Yes. Right? That are causing a or lot of Or she's head of the gang who are also all truckers. Right. Listen, I, Betty mm. Betty tells Tony about the body and then they need to search the swamp. And Tony's like, speaking of those truckers, uh, the serpents will help you search the swamp. See? She's That's... helpful. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the serpents wind up being fucking useless, but. <laughs> per usual, the yeah, serpents. The serp- when have the are serpents useless? done anything? They made that. Betty toy goes drive. to Tony and she says, hey, I need some background actors for this scene coming up with the swamp. And Tony's like, I got you. <laughs> they, they won't do anything, there. but they will fill out the scene. In six a, foot distances. A variety of different kids that you've never seen before and will never see yeah. again in the same jacket I'm done will with, be in that scene. I'm done with people pretending things mean things on this show. You know, adding the serpents to any sure. scene changes nothing. No, it fills out the scene, though, physically. Most of the it's, people's threats that they make to each other on this show are empty. <laughs> Veronica and her dad, later, she says... Now it's personal. I'm like, it wasn't personal. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> it has always been dad. personal. He is your father. <laughs> but I love that stuff. I love it. I, I love it. I eat it up. So it's so good. Speaking so of ridiculous. Hiram, he and his best friend, Reggie, drive up mm-hmm. to interrupt Betty's search party in La Bognut. <laughs> you mean Hedgie? My <laughs> new nickname for <laughs> That's right. Hedgie forever. Hiram, Hiram tells, him, tells him that they're trespassing on his new swamp-themed ride at Hiram Land. Amazing. Also called Labognut. <laughs> There's a flume. <laughs> <laughs> Betty badges him. She tells him this is now an FBI crime scene. He calls her badge a cracker jacker, jacker crack prize. I'm like, no, mud. it was issued by the federal government. He's is, like, you are still Like, 16. she's new, but she isn't, she is a federal agent you can't just do that to her face let me just remind you though that hiram like went to prison twice and it was the whole thing and then showed up in his office and when veronica said what are you doing here you're supposed to be in prison he just said i own the prison i'm just like (laughs) even the federal government has no power in this town does anything mean any like at that point yeah i think you have to murder hiram I've been saying it. It just feels like the writers have accidentally ruled out any other option of actually (laughs) dealing with this man other than straight up death. Didn't he have a disease? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but he's fine (laughs) now because he beat up guys on the street. Right. He had that disease. Yeah. But again. And then he showed up in Katie Keene. He does go to New York eventually. So I'm permanently? Well, he is in New York. Doing sure, New York but that's things. but plenty of people commute to the to New York from Riverdale. Right, right. It's right. how far is it? How far is it? Is Veronica going home every night? Is uh-huh. she sleeping like in her New York apartment? No, right. No, she stays but at she the Pembroke. Well, Insane. she she could, but she hates her husband. So, <laughs> honestly, poor Chad. <laughs> I'm sure he sucks, but like poor Chad. <clears throat> If if next episode also keeps Chad as like remarkably reasonable, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I don't think I'll ever stop. I'm gonna turn on Veronica and probably never turn back. 
Is this one? Yeah, is the next episode where Veronica asks Chad to have a threesome with her and Archie? Is that what you got from that? <laughs> I watched it several times to be like, is that what she's asking? <laughs> because that's so wildly inappropriate and not good for your marriage. I have questions. I. <sighs> It's so weird. It was such a weird thing to interpret from that clip. Like, girl, if you're both down, good for you. Chad fucking hates Archie. You know this. You've seen it. Also, like, don't do this to him in front of everybody. No, it's so Like, that is, like, private conversation. (laughs) It's so mean. I just hope I'm wrong. I hope the CW is baiting us. But, like, crazy. Anyway, this plot point, I don't remember. Betty calls Glenn... (laughs) why because he's the trash bag killer <laughs> he he, is, he, he says that he can't help her because the trash bag killers re-emerged in tulsa yeah he could just be lying to her he could be lying because he is a trash bag killer also he's giving off major charles vibes <laughs> if you saw Glenn... all of these men being so possessive over betty no wonder <laughs> she keeps going back to jughead who doesn't give a shit <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so true. Jughead's like, I oh, to- you're back? And she's like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Couldn't you see, though, that Glenn, like, showing up into a prison cell, putting his hand on the glass, picking up the phone and saying, hi, Charles, baby, I miss you. <laughs> like, I could see that Imagine so if we easily. find out that uh, Chick, Charles, and Glenn are all in a threesome together. It's a thruple. It's a happy, happy thruple. Honestly, yeah. I love it. I, we don't see that relationship enough. Three blonde He's men gonna of get, equal uh, attractive levels. Much you know. like um, in Search Party, he'll get Betty's name tattooed onto his knuckles. I love that show. Wow, you got through that show fast. I'm, I'm in season three. But oh. they've shown this person's hands. Okay. We're going to have to talk about that later. <laughs> but I, it's really good. I was joking to Beth that um, the four main characters of Search Party are the four different personalities in your head. In my own Yeah, you. (laughs) Me? Caitlin? Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. You are somewhere in between. All four of those different personas are fighting for control at any point. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Who's my dominant one? Is there a dominant one? No. There might not be. No, not really. Uh, I think it's a lot of like, it's it's like Portia versus Dory. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Wow. I've never felt so seen. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Betty, Betty gets scared when he mentions the trash bag killer visually. And I think they do, they do some cuts to her in the well. And she tells, she looks really terrified. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Her eyes. I'm going to need more than those flashbacks for a while though. Cause I'm starting to think (laughs) that he just like yelled at her in a well for a couple of days. (laughs) I know. I kind of wish Betty (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i kind of wish she like lost an maybe she lost like a toe or something. yeah if she you know she's I mean? not like, she she doesn't have any physical injuries right like what i'm sure deep emotional scars i just don't feel those emotional scars right and i don't want to necessarily <laughs> no, no. feel those emotional but, scars but... but it's just funny that right now is just a guy in a trash bag screaming <laughs> at her in the hole right. and she's like ah and she survives. Yeah. So I want to know what she... Do you think she had to eat somebody to get out of there? I don't know, man. 
<laughs> no, okay. I, we may yeah. it may always be vague. This show doesn't yeah. seem that excited about showing us what happened in the past seven years. Yeah, I actually I do think there is going to be a flashback episode, which I'm excited about. I don't know who told me that, but I'm excited about it. Um, but I also might be making that up. Hmm. And that might be something. Are they going to play their parents? Because I don't know Montreal. how to break this to you. But they did. Yeah, wait, what? <laughs> who did? Wait, who they, did they played their parents already. <laughs> When this oh, episode yeah. showed young Nana, for a second I was like, what if it's Cheryl? <laughs> imagine. Imagine just, like, young Nana being, like, hot and gorgeous. But obviously that wouldn't be true because Cheryl looks like Penelope and Penelope isn't technically Nana's daughter. Oh, uh, yeah, that's weird. Right. Because it is incest. Because of the incest sort adoption. Of. Yeah. There is real incest and there is so <clears throat> incest betty searches labognut alone at night when reggie comes up on her with a shotgun i think this is like the only time they've had a scene alone together yeah probably i could use more of that he's actually kind of nice to her uh, he yeah i liked her, that i mean I that nice in the sense that of. hey there's another body you should probably look at but still <laughs> i found something it was a person <laughs> <laughs> i found something it's a it's it's a guy yeah <laughs> and Hiram can never to- know he told her what this is so relationships are hard Reggie yeah I don't, mean don't I lie get to it dad. <laughs> but you could you could have I don't know I have questions I, about I, Reggie I, I like that he's able to influence Hiram at the end which is uh something that Veronica never tried <laughs> yeah yeah so daddy <clears throat> do you think doctor, he calls him daddy <laughs> creepy doctor junior tells Betty that this body is margaret harper and i say thank god <laughs> can you imagine if it's like no not either different person <laughs> this poor woman's mom he tells dad. he tells betty that half the body was pulverized like a wrecking ball or a truck that's what i was wondering i was like was she hit by a truck and then yeah, the skull truck are you kidding but like what so the so somebody his motive, his M.O. Is that he runs is... people down on the street? I think yeah, so. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like, I like, don't know. I think you're going to get a really cool scene later in the season where, like, one of our heroes is in the middle of the road as this thing's barreling down towards them. Can't and then the like, last second they get zooped the up by Mothman. <laughs> they get <clears throat> zooped up. Yay! It's becoming a word. Yeah. you say? Hiram. Hiram is mad about the second body found in the swamp. He says that the Turnpike and Sodell are a necessary smokescreen, you know, to Hiram land. Like, okay, here's the thing. I do the bit that Sodell is Hiram land, but now he's saying it's a smokescreen for something and they're keeping it vague, oh, it so that has be. to be Hiram land. So I don't it know to could keep, be. Do I keep the bit going that Sodell is Hiram land? When or? it's fact, when it's becoming a truth? Yeah. I don't know. I mean... That's a, I mean, it could could it be both? Could there be a mini amusement park to hide the large? <laughs> Sodale Sodale is really just one a car, one uh, one hotel next to Hiram yeah. Land. It's it's the Disney. Uh, Disney no one's Land actually hotel. seen this development because it's you know a theme park, but he's keeping exactly. on, the sh- on the down low. It's it's just like the big rides in yeah. Universal yeah. Studios that are in like big random like. Oh, it's all motion yeah. rides. Yeah, oh, those are the that worst. would be something Hiram would do. Hiram uh, what would, a, like, what a monster. Ride. It's all 3D motion experience rides. 
remember when we thought those were like exciting and like fun and like how much they actually fucking suck yeah and I hate yeah them. i it <laughs> was it was fun when i did the spider-man one in yes like, exactly uh, in, in islands of adventure yes uh, but yes the uh, truly universal hollywood is the worst theme park i've ever been to <laughs> I really can't go on the Transformers ride. I, I'm aware uh, that it is cool. Yeah, it's I fine. I'm aware. Yeah, it's like, but it's cool because we're jaded. But like, it's, I'm aware that it's cool. It makes me so nauseous. Mm. So nauseous. I can't even really go on it anymore. Yeah. And it's weird because it shouldn't make you that nauseous. But it No, does. it definitely should not. Yeah, it makes me really nauseous. Like, just, I don't, I, look. Uh, this is neither here nor there, but they just did not have enough room to build a theme park where they decided to build a theme park for Universal Hollywood. I agree. And so now they just have these cabinets that you sit in and they play a video and you shake around a little bit and they're like, it's a ride! And you're like, god damn, how much did I pay to go in here? I will say I really They barely fit Harry Potter in there. I do really like the Harry Potter world as small as it is. The Harry Potter ride is actually very good. Yeah. Um, that's it, it clearly also had makes to be. me Yeah. It also makes me very nauseous. <laughs> very nauseous. Yeah. They used to have um they used to give you glasses and you used to ride with the glasses. Uh-huh. And then they took the glasses away because so, everybody was losing the glasses. So now it's just screens? Now it's just screens. It's fine. It works better, honestly. Sure, and I think I'm people sure. are also getting nauseous. Well, why are we pretending that we're actually in the magical world anyway? <laughs> why, why are we doing just this? Just put me on a roller coaster and tell me a dragon's behind me. Also, um, butterbeer is gross. It's too sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah, the flame anyway. and Moe's not bad, though. What is that? It's in the Simpsons section. Oh, uh, no, all the other food is delicious at Universal mm. Studios. That is where it excels, actually, I think, ahead of Disney World. Uh, or Disneyland. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if I feel that way. Talk to me next week about it. I'll have a different opinion about the uh-huh. foods. I miss It's all better than Six Flags, where buying food feels like oh, getting fuck, robbed yeah. at gunpoint. Like, <laughs> yeah, this hot dog's 20 bucks. <laughs> okay, Johnny Rockets. Yeah, and you hate being here, so yeah, that's how I feel about Six Flags. I like Fright Fest, though. Oh, I think Six Flags has the best coasters, though. I don't do those anymore because I get nauseous. I don't know how to tell you that maybe you're not the person to be stating all the opinions on theme parks. I don't know. I love theme parks, though. I know it's weird, but I love theme parks. You you love a lot of things that hurt you. That's so true. It's so true. Riverdale? So Reggie suggests that Hiram just let them search the bog for bodies. People will like you if you do that. And Hiram's like, people will like me. It's never happened <laughs> also, before. Like, why wouldn't Hiram do he's, this? He says, fine. But this is going to be a delay for the theme park opening. <laughs> so Betty... Alice and Tony all tell Miss Harper that they found her daughter's body, and she's thankful. She now knows that her half of her daughter's body was crushed, and she can say goodbye. It's <laughs> horrible. What a horrible. So yeah, so it makes sense that it is. It is the car. Yeah. So the truck is hitting them and then throwing them in the bog. Yeah, sure. It's just a little weird. Maybe, it's a little maybe weird. Maybe one guy runs them down, and then a different guy is throwing them in the bog. 
They don't even know each other. This other guy's just like cleaning up bodies. Also, but like half your body wouldn't be crushed. Like that doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> like it doesn't make sense. How I, would half your body be crushed? Because I don't know. Maybe she's like half dodging out of the way. Maybe it's like her lower half. It's not, you know, up and it's not. I guess, that line yeah. could be anywhere. That's true. It could be diagonal. That's strange. I hate that. Um, but I guess that is giving her peace. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> she does want to know who Yay. hurt her daughter. And they're Yay. like, we, we don't we don't really know, but we're figuring it out. Yeah. Betty, Betty catches Sheriff Keller. Betty catches Sheriff Keller and Tony up on her investigation. Tony and Keller looked into it and found 21 more missing girls. Jesus they can't all Christ. be runaways. They're like, what is this, Big Sky? Betty's like, nah. <laughs> It's Riverdale. It's a serial killer. This is what we do. This is a thing we do many, many, many times. You've seen this before, and you're gonna see it again. Riverdale. (laughs) But I do like it when I do see it, so I do Really? I'm tired of it. I'm like, oh, another another serial killer. All right. If if this all works out the way I think it's going to shake out, you're going to be very pleased. I mean, big truck murder. I'm having fun. I yeah, don't know how Kevin funny. finds the time between all the other stuff he does. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I'm I'm glad it's finally happening. Yeah, I don't know. Kevin getting his day in the sun after escaping <laughs> justice so many times. Finally. <laughs> He's like, I've been murdering finally people good. for years. And you just keep <laughs> no. catching other guys. You know what I think is absolutely hilarious? In the Amazon video description of this episode, it says... Alice and Kevin's investigation goes south. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what? Who interpreted this? <laughs> Alice huh? and Kevin's investigation. <laughs> These two. <I> thought, <laughs> like, like dynamic duo, Alice and Kevin. No, they are background players at best in Betty's <laughs> overall best. team. Hilarious, though. Anyway, what are we talking about? Where should we go next? What do we do? Monopoly money, Tony finally finally yells at Cheryl, or the maple syrup preserved the body? Tony finally yells at Cheryl. All right. I've got a lot of thoughts. Tony leads Vixen practice when Cheryl barges in. She demands control of a group of teenagers she doesn't know. Tony Tony thinks that she deserves control because she's actually been around and done the real work. So I guess this means a dance off. I don't know, man. Some Cheryl wants to dance off against Tony. Tony is obviously pregnant. So some random teenager is like, I guess I'll dance in her place. And then Cheryl just immediately insults the child. And I just don't understand why anyone's going along with what the random 25-year-old redhead woman wants when she just barged into practice in the middle of the afternoon. But I guess she's done being a recluse, right? (laughs) I, I guess... Like, this has proved to me that she is no longer a Winchester lady, like she said. This is the most they, But again, they're like, oh, dance. no longer doing the Winchester lady thing. And she's like, yes, we all know the reference that I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah, so she's not doing that now. She's doing something <clears throat> weirder, actually. This is the first time we've broken out the dance-off since the pilot? No, and, it wasn't the pilot, but it was season one. Well, it's like, oh... That was between Cheryl and Veronica, and this one's between yeah. Cheryl and this child. <laughs> this child who was a proxy for Tony. And, like, you know, 
Cheryl's dancing can be can be sexy and all because I I I see an adult. Right. The other one is I'm seeing a child. She is a child. I'm pretty sure she's actually yeah. a child. So it was weird. It's weird to do that. Yeah. But yeah. As, Madeline Petch, as Stephen would say, uh, Cheryl does keep it tight. She keeps it very tight. Oh she is God. literally, honestly, like, the most beautiful woman I've I ever can't seen even in my believe. entire life. <laughs> like, truly, I think she's amazing. I think she's so pretty. I, like, I love her. But, man. I do not The understand chaotic energy. Why <laughs> like, any teacher would applaud for the mean 25-year-old they don't know. <laughs> but then like, they I, also all applaud for Tony's proxy, so I don't understand the rating system. Like, like, <laughs> hi. like you get one vote kids. Like, you can't like, you... applaud but louder for the <laughs> no they applauded equal amounts they were like yay yay sure. yay same it was the same <laughs> there was much rejoicing yes and <clears throat> so then they're both fixins tony offers happen? to share control and cheryl agrees it feels like it should be a scheme but i don't think it is well, like tony <laughs> makes a face like all according to plan <laughs> <laughs> I hope. I mean, but then next thing we see, you want this girl back though? Like this? No, she is hot enough that I would probably want her back no matter what. Yeah, your high school girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah, you know they had a pretty intense relationship. I admit. Yeah. Still, look, look, it's Riverdale. No one is as hot as Cheryl, and everyone's pretty hot. So you know, (laughs) yeah. How fucked up is that? Yeah, like. No, it's just no one's as hot as Cheryl, and honestly, everyone's as crazy. So no, no, you take that back. No one is as crazy as Cheryl. In fact, Um, I want to talk about this next scene. Okay, fine. Where Tony comes in to find Cheryl running a surprise second vixens practice, where she's yelling, "I've seen a porcelain doll possessed by my dead brother move faster than you thought," which is a great line. It is a great line. Not accurate, but a great line. Uh, this this kind of breaks my theory that Cheryl thinks the vixens suck. Apparently, she just wants to hurt them. She yeah, wants no, to do she's two bad. a day, and when a kid gets hurt, she says that vixens are forged in fire. They are forged in fire. And and Tony's like, "What are you, your mother?" And Cheryl's like, "You be <gasps> careful. You're on thin ice. What are you gonna do, Cheryl? <laughs> what are you going to do? What is you're threatening her? This is what I'm talking about with the empty threats. What is what?" What? What are you going to do to her? Anything? No, you're not going to do shit, Cheryl. Cheryl's killed before. I'm just saying. And yet, will she do that to Tony? Will she do anything to Tony? No. She can't do anything to Tony. Next week is them making out. So I don't want want her giving, like, I'm going to come for you. No, you're not. She is pregnant. She's a pregnant lady. You're going to raise that baby like it's your own. You know that, Cheryl. Get out of here. I'm looking forward to it, though. Next time Cheryl walks into practice, uh, it's just Tony there. Tony tells Cheryl that she is out because she is such a fucking nightmare. (laughs) She doesn't use those words. That's how I feel. Cheryl somehow makes this all about her, and Tony is just not having it. You're privileged. You've gotten away with murder, literally. You're only out here for vanity and revenge when you should be here to help the town. She tells her to get it together. And then Cheryl responds to this by, by telling Tony that she's being cruel. Yeah, that what are was you like, talking she, about, Cheryl? <laughs> yeah, she's like, please check your privilege. Um, you're being an asshole to be an asshole. And then Cheryl looks like she just like in, said something mean. Cheryl, a child limped home today because of you. 
<laughs> Tony's being cruel. Get out of here. I think that Cheryl, I think the problem with Cheryl is that Cheryl is doing this because she wants Tony's attention. And she doesn't know how to get attention otherwise. And I'm not excusing her behavior. I'm just saying that that she lives in a fantasy world where she's like, why can't you interpret my insanity as wanting us to like get back together and me having no way to properly express that? Oh my God, so just say it. Right. No, she should, but she won't. But like, it's not even she... like she says that anywhere else. That's you reading right, into it no. and giving her a lot of credit. I mean, I just think that's how Cheryl works. Yeah. Because she is probably up, uh, put it on the screen. Way of uh, living. I'm she's done with confusing. it. I'm done with it. I don't care anymore. She's so cute, though. I hate her so much. <laughs> you hate Cheryl? I hate, hate Cheryl. is a strong word. I'm just so done with her shtick, man. Yeah, God. she's kind of an Are you asshole, kidding me? You're an, so you're not cute. a you're not a mean teenager. You are an adult. Get You're it an together. Adult with an art forgery business. Yeah, well, that's not going great either because she comes home to find Miss Marvel there with two Jason portraits who's like, hey, I want to chat before I call the authorities. So why would they not hide that second Jason portrait? <laughs> it, they put them both out on display for Cheryl when she gets home. <laughs> like, but where, like, where was the second one? Like, hmm. did you really need that? painting of jason when you could paint a painting of jason that looked just as good and was more meaningful more i thought about this are we gonna be doing this the whole season with cheryl this art thing is this gonna be like is, a while because it's <laughs> is it as oof, interesting to are we you? sure about this <laughs> yeah. no it's interesting to me um if it if it where does this go where i don't know where it's like, going what either. what is the goal here money There's, i just want money I, I think know. the goal is to get her to make out with the hot art forgery lady. And Cheryl gets arrested. <laughs> for art forgery for and not forgery. murder. Honestly, I, she, if you send her to a prison where they wear red jumpsuits, it'll be fine. I'm red. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'm no, the she's the only one in a red jumpsuit. Yeah. You want to do Monopoly money or, 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 or Mothman? Oh, Monopoly money, because I got thoughts about the Mothman, and I want to end on a good note. <clears throat> Veronica yells at Hiram about setting fire to Archie's house. Hiram maintains that Riverdale sucks. Uh, <laughs> it's dead. It smells like trash, because they don't have a garbage pickup anymore. I realize, oof. And, and he's, he's telling her, it's like, the town should just die. And Veronica says, this just became personal. What do you mean now? Just now? Why? It's been personal this whole time, Veronica. (laughs) Hiram should have just like blinked. Always personal with you. What are you talking? He is your father. He's been doing this to you for your whole fucking life. Veronica. I don't like Hiram. He's mean. (laughs) But it's just like. uh... Veronica walks into class to teach your kids how to revive a struggling economy. Cool. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm is, actually, actually really curious. She then immediately feels... tells them that their first step will be to help her build her high-end <laughs> jewelry business out of a right. CD video store. And, and and that's when you start, I think, breaking child labor laws. No, they broke those or like, quite a like, few episodes ago. super inappropriate, right? They broke the child labor laws around the time they deputized the teenagers in season three. <laughs> 
Um, so I feel like we're kind of right on track. She straight but... up bribes them. She tells them no midterm exam if they help. Yeah, I would probably <clears throat> do that too. So Veronica then finds Cheryl in the teacher's lounge reading a magazine with redheaded models on the cover and back cover. <laughs> Red, uh, what is it called? I don't, I I don't know. It. Uh, for a second, I thought Cheryl was on the cover, but I can't Imagine. be sure. I mean, it might be. Veronica it asks be Cheryl model. because she knows she's a good painter. I guess you didn't. You haven't seen her work anyway. She asked Cheryl to design something for her printing plate. So Veronica has designed, or I guess Cheryl has designed money with Veronica's face on it. Which, wow. You could yeah. you could have put nothing on that, but you chose the to put egos. Veronica's face on it. The egos of like Veronica and Cheryl, and like in this episode, and and and, and it's like they don't see it at all. No, it's blind. They're you. they're like, and I'm a I'm a woman fighting for my rights. Right. No, like, completely... I'm so oppressed. Put my face on this money. I don't think they ever said they were oppressed, but they did put their face on money. They say she mentions a town in Oregon. That saved itself from economic collapse by printing their own money. I kind of wish you. by this. If this is true, I wish you'd named the town. Maybe you can't. I wouldn't be surprised if you can't. What? Like legally, if you can't. Why? What? I don't know. You think you can't just... clear the name of a real place? It's possible. Like that you a can. town? I don't know. If you're I've... referencing a news store. I've actually only worked in standards and practices for one year so <laughs> i'm not kidding i have actually but i guess that's not yeah standards and practices yeah clearing things right i didn't yeah do that yeah part. it was a good job though i mean i'm sure we can google Check, this pretty easily. i guess see yeah. how that really worked because it if this is real then sus. you know i guess veronica should have followed it better like <laughs> Well, it doesn't seem like a bad idea in theory, but it yeah. seems a little complicated. It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. It's one of her better ideas. It's not super well thought out. And then right. it, you know, ends at the end of this episode. So, great. Well, but... okay, question. Let's just talk through this really quickly. Sure. She's she, saying... She's she... gonna... She put... She took $50,000. She has right. $50,000. Right. And she has made 50,000 river dollars. Right. So, she pays the kids with river dollars. Right. And then they can spend those. She's made an agreement with Pops and the Bijou, which I I think is the movie theater. Yeah. That those businesses will accept river dollars. So kids can pay right. for their stuff with those. And then if they want, those businesses can just go back to Veronica and says, take this fake money, give us our real money. But okay. she is, but, but she has to have faith that they are instead going to start paying their own people with river dollars and they'll just go around. Right. And because they're only good in town, then businesses will keep reinvesting in each other. So that's not a bad idea, except you cannot mortgage your house. You know, you cannot... You cannot deposit river dollars in a bank, in a real bank, in a in a real bank. That's true. It's not yes. a bad idea. It is, it is a cash only system, right? It's a good idea. It doesn't seem like it's going to stop Riverdale's main problems because it's not like you can buy a house or pay off your house 
sure. or rent a house. It, it depends, you know, maybe if it gets yeah. successful enough. But, yeah, I guess, yeah. And you'd you know, need more money to houses, back it. There should be an actual bank involved somewhere along the line. But they right. apparently don't have those in Riverdale. I'm going to look into this. And I don't know how the River Dollars could help the expansive homeless population in town. Right, you it know? doesn't seem like they Monica, would at all. Do you, are you going to give them money? Or are you going to mm. tell them to get jobs? What's the solution with them? I feel like I'm not sure if I align with Veronica's politics. <laughs> like, I'm not sure. I, yeah, I, I think I think it I just needs a few know. more steps to be comprehensive. But yeah. I call it a good start. Right, it definitely I was a step in the right direction. I think it's and one the, of her better plans. The heart was Even there. Even if I don't like a lot of parts of it, especially her design for the money. Seriously, did, <laughs> was she like Cheryl put me on it? Or was Cheryl like, I'm putting Veronica on it? Or was it like Cheryl designed it and Cheryl was like, that's me. And then Veronica looked at it and she said, that's me. Uh, and then they just shook hands and they just <laughs> yeah, silently Both agreed. moved on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> Veronica prints money. She pays her students fixing up her business. And even Jughead accepts some at work and is able to spend it at LeBlanc Nut on some whiskey. So that's that fun. will definitely do good, though, for his debt that he... Yeah, he cannot use that off. money to deal with his problems. <laughs> right, he's he mailing River Dollars. whiskey, I guess, with it. Yeah, Jughead is... Uh, you know, he's lucky that he works I'm at a place worried. that will feed him three meals a day, and he lives somewhere mm. where he doesn't have to pay rent. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've so. got theories, though. Veronica tells her students, they did it. 50,000 River Dollars are now in the economy. So what should they do? Print more money. The kids want to go big. They want to print out 10,000 river dollars. And Veronica tells them no. Because if they flood the market, they could risk inflation. So, you know, if there's suddenly 60,000, then each individual river dollar is worth less. Or people might panic and go to her and ask for the money back. And then she literally won't have the money to pay everyone. Right. So yeah. she wants to build the economy slowly and steadily. And that's when Hiram just shows up in the doorway of her classroom. And I don't understand why she doesn't immediately close the door on him. Right. Because she After loves he him. insults her plan, she does close the door on him. Stop yeah. calling him daddy. Daddy. Yeah. You're, get she, over. That's her on. daddy. You don't want your yeah. students seeing you calling this man daddy. Imagine if they're like, wow, she's such an old boyfriend. <laughs> what happened to that young guy? Now she's named this old man. <laughs> Who are all these men in her life? Oh, they think she's calling her boyfriend dad. Well, yeah, weird. We we haven't we have seen that vibe before, haven't we? Yes, we have. We have seen it. It's weird. Yeah. Veronica, uh, she's got her smart glasses on. It. She's counting money when she calls Hiram. She thinks he's printing counterfeit river dollars to devalue them, and then she tells him he sucks. (laughs) And he he just like the he hang she hangs up and he's like, well that was weird, and then goes on with his life. Because he didn't I don't do think anything. He cares. Yeah. I don't think he he cares. literally was just like, "This is silly." Goes to goes to the school and goes, "Honey, this is silly." <laughs> and then and then and then when she calls him like, "What did you do?" He's like, "I found a fake dollar in the in the trash with your face on it. This is silly." <laughs> and then Veronica goes to her students and tells them that they'll have to recall all the river dollars because it's all broken now. And she knows it's all broken. It's all a broken mess. The economy's fucked. (laughs) She notices ink stains on two students who tell her that they were they printed ten thousand because they just wanted more money. And she's like, "Great, great, you caused an economic collapse. Nice two thousand eight one, kids." 
Yeah, she uh, blames the kids who yeah, are just trying to survive. She gives them all Fs. <laughs> yeah. Veronica's not I mean, a good you teacher. You taught them, but maybe you shouldn't have just given them free access to the to your printing press. Yeah, question. I have questions about that, too. Like, so, how it's not easy to do this, but She's going to okay. make them work off their debt with service? Indentured Child service? labor? Trash again. pickup? They're yeah. cleaning up Sketch Alley. Either way, it doesn't feel right, and there's no way they're going to work off $10,000. <laughs> you know. And that's no. the end of the Veronica plot. But hey, I think we all learned a lesson about economics. I, I honestly did. I did. <laughs> like, yeah, I did a yeah. little bit. I thought Incredible. it was interesting. Yeah. Very silly, but I, I thought it like, was interesting. I, I truly, Ted, Ted Sullivan wrote one of the better Veronica stories that makes it seem like she actually knows what she's talking about. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Usually I do not believe Archie that. The story was kind of messy, but congratulations. Solid Veronica plot. I, Ted, talk more about this. <laughs> Should, should do you think that Betty and Veronica have had a single scene together? Who have they? Who at all? Which Betty two? and Veronica. Betty and Veronica. Yeah. No. Not no. A, They're not no. friends anymore. They're not right. No, they don't. They don't. They I don't hate talk. that. That's so sad. <laughs> they like, don't have sucks. a relationship. They don't live near each other. Veronica doesn't really care that Polly's missing. No one seems to care that Polly's missing. <laughs> I mean, does Polly care that Polly's missing? <laughs> Do Juniper and Dagwood even know that Polly is missing? Well, they're just two mannequins, so. <laughs> right. They're little man- Did you read that? The new Vanity Fair. The new Vanity Fair article about Army Hammer, in which he, like, said something about how he had never, like, binded up a person, but he had binded up a mannequin. And somebody was like, and I knew he was being honest, because that was the weirdest fucking thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> It's amazing. Honestly, what a fucking up story that was, though. Yeah, very, we, we laughed, but he's terrifying. Yeah, no, it's actually really scary. His whole family, his whole family is so scary. <laughs> um, like scarier than stuff on Riverdale. Like no lie. Yeah, yeah. Terrifying. You, you, you wish there was any <laughs> character as scary as the Hammers on Riverdale. Yeah, Jesus, never coming back from that. But so, while it lasted. Jughead shows Tabitha an article about the Mothman. And then another one of residents seeing a mysterious light. Those two things seem pretty disconnected, but I guess Jughead thinks they are connected. And it turns out Pop Tate was there for the second one. So uh, Pop Tate thanks Jughead and Tabitha for allowing him to briefly return from the great beyond. Uh, He tells them it was about 50 years ago. Back when the diner looked exactly the same. Quote, all of a sudden you could feel the, the this electricity in the air. It's like, yeah, no shit. The flights all flicker and then go out. That was the electricity in the air. The jukebox starts playing Chances Are by Johnny Mathis. A toy monkey with symbols wow. go nu- goes nuts. The gumball machine starts pouring gumballs. I'm starting to think the gumball machine might just be broken, though. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, why would the electricity flickering... Affect a that... crank yeah. gumball right. machine yes. doesn't like doesn't quite make it. sense, does it? <laughs> no, fix the gumball machine. Yeah. It's been broken for fifty years. A real uh, close encounters light. Sorry, Jaws light appears outside. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Everyone walks outside <laughs> to see. Da-da. There's a fin. <laughs> and then a few minutes later, the lights are gone, and everyone had theories. So it's just like WandaVision. 
You know, is it, it aliens? Is, like is it military is it testing from an army base outside Riverdale? Is the bunny I'm sorry. Magneto? There's an army base outside Riverdale. Yeah, feels important. Does Archie so, not know about this? Was that where he was training the whole time? No, that's where the war was. Mm. It was right there. The war was at that base. <laughs> yeah, it's right over there. Yeah. We were in that war over there the whole time. No one checked on us. Pop Tate uh, wants the lights to return. and They remind him that he's a ghost. He can go into the light anytime he wants. And then he kind of fades away. What a weird thing to say. <laughs> I wish the lights would come back. He also, he also tells them that Nana Blossom was there, as if they're going to get more coherent information out of Nana Blossom. <laughs> no, but she looks cool. Like, I wow. guess. Yeah, she's cool. I mean, I like her. Yeah. Remember, she's a monster. Uh, <laughs> My theory was that Nana Blossom was dead and that Cheryl, it was her imagination. And I was so season? convinced of it because I had been reading all these things on Reddit to like today or yesterday. And everyone was saying this and i was like oh my god of course right, and that's cause... why cheryl can't leave her house yeah. and this fucked up that nah. theory so fucking hard <laughs> nah it was Although like i just get to see tabitha it. outside of her uniform yeah exciting uh, yeah. tabitha and jughead I, I love how like tabitha so easily just slotted into the role of jughead's investigation partner yeah like he never needed betty for this he just needed Aww. someone it's so sad. Actually. I think I like Tabitha's Tabitha going into this stuff more because like she's Tabitha never she's never looking around being like We're serial killers. <laughs> well, she's she just curious. A, she's less of like a threat, um, yeah. like a she, looming cloud of serial. You know, killer she genes. never turns the jug head and like shows him the palms of her hands and goes, "I'm a demon. I'm the monster. <laughs> I have the serial." That killer happened gene. one time. Okay, that was once <laughs> Bughead forever, but honestly, Tughead kind of like it. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into it too. But I have a theory that's gonna crush it. So. Uh oh. Yeah. Fuck yeah! I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I've been teasing it all episode. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah. Tabitha and Jughead talk to Nana about the light in the sky. Nana says it was the Mothman. Sure. She says she found a disfigured potty in the maple forest. Okay. Very reliable narrator. <laughs> sure. And they did an alien autopsy. Uh, all right. <laughs> and then she says, the Mothmen came to Thornhill looking for their missing friends. So and sad. She it's tells kind of Jughead that she told the Mothmen that the body was cremated, but then she leans in closer uh. and then speaks of the exact same volume and tells them that she preserved the body in a barrel of maple syrup. Candied alien. So uh, Jughead and Tabitha get a barrel delivered to them at the diner. It's a candied alien. How did they open it? How did they do this? Very carefully. Ugh. Vomit. <laughs> it's a good whatever it is. Yes. So the body yeah. apparently smells of maple syrup and decay, which is fun to imagine. Ugh. Tabitha thinks it could be fake, but Jughead thinks it might be real. Because Jughead has nothing else going on, and this yeah, is the only thing in his life worth living on. for. Again, he's going to write this book, and they'll be like, we wanted a portrait of a town dying. <laughs> you said what aliens. This? <laughs> he this is supposed to be a beautiful to... story. Jughead wants to talk to this. Triumphs. Jughead wants to talk to this anthropology professor for help. And they'll have to keep the xenomorph in the meantime, and he says that he will guard it over the night shift. 
The skeleton sure. itself looks very deformed. Yeah. The skull reminded me a little bit of, like, the weird shape of the ones from Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Okay. But the whole thing, yeah, I it's a, it's a very weird deformed skeleton. Actually, you know what it reminded me of? Have you ever... This is this is this is a roadside attraction from when I drove across the country to move out here. Hmm. I was driving okay. and I kept seeing these giant billboards for something called the Thing. This must have been uh. in Arizona, I think, maybe Nevada. Were you alone? Yeah. Oh my god, you drove out across the country by yourself? Yeah, I asked friends to join me and then we'd fly them back, but no one had the free time, so I just kind of did it alone. I'm sorry. No, that sounds hard. It's fine. You didn't know me yet. The... I know, but so what? Sad so, for you. I, you know, you're driving alone. On a long freeway with like nothing going on, you keep seeing posters for the thing over and over you, again. I'm like, all right, I, well, well, I gotta, I gotta yeah. check this thing out. And this was this was like a January day in 2015, I want to say. So wow. <laughs> no one else was there, and I go through this whole weird museum thing. At the end, it's the thing, and it's just a little like homemade sarcophagus with a with a strange deformed skeleton inside. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it could be real or it could be a prop of something, but it looks kind of similar to this Mothman. If it's a prop, that's a really stupid thing for them to do. Like, like that's, it has to be real, right? Maybe. But like, it could also be like, dumb. you know, it could have been a person once with a right. strange shape. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I'm going to Google this later, but that is insane. Jughead's alone on the night shift when the jukebox starts playing that one song again. Then his coffee mug starts rattling. Then the lights shake. Then I notice there's a pop bobblehead. Who made that for pop? <laughs> What's the story behind this pop bobblehead? Lights Sweet. go out. Someone has got to fix that gumball machine. It just keeps pouring. <laughs> the coffee bubbles. The cash register opens. There's more of those Jaws lights from outside. I feel like Jughead, the cash register is also not electronic. Jughead walks out to look. But then the Overhead light pans away. Everything turns back on. And then he gets zooped. <laughs> Wait, does he? I don't remember that part. Yeah, there's like a, 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 a spotlight goes down on him. Mm. And then the next scene, he tells Tabitha that he woke up in a booth at 6 a.m. I, I, I kind of wanted Tabitha to be like, so did any customers come in? What the hell, man? <laughs> We're trying to yeah, run a business here. Busy hours. Put okay. you on late shift. She calls it a dream. Maybe he was sleepwalking. Maybe he was drinking. Because <laughs> you have a problem. <laughs> yeah, a problem. He does show her that the body is missing, though. <gasps> and that's the end of the episode. Amazing. Flawless. Never been done before. Perfect episode. So just to make Caitlin hold on to her rumor a little bit longer, who aged no. like fine wine this week? And why is it Cheryl? I, th- I think the thing is a barrel. <laughs> huh? Honestly, I think the alien in the barrel. Fine wine, <laughs> that alien. <laughs> that looks great. Yeah. Perfect. Looks Just fantastic. like the thing. The, 10 out of 10. Out of the two preserved bodies in this episode, way prefer the scary monster body. <laughs> yeah, this one, the, the first one looked like it was hit half of it by a wrecking ball, which I'm very curious what that would do to your body. And then this thing, perfectly preserved. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And who is your Riverdale citizen of the week? Um, how about the guy who warned everyone that Earl was still in the burning building? Sure. 
<laughs> I just feel like he did his job, you know? Okay, yeah, all right. Veronica also I, tried. I guess. Yeah. I mean, Veronica tried, but she also failed. She did fail. I mean, I guess so did the guy, but because Earl didn't make it sad. <laughs> R.I.P. Earl. But. Yeah, I'm I'm caught. I'm not really sure who to give it to. Like, do I give it to Jackson? Eh, he's not really a citizen yet. Do I give it to Tony because she yelled at Cheryl? Sure, but like you know, she also I <laughs> she think could have done Margaret. more for all the people that needed her help. Uh, hmm. Kevin is stepping up to be a fireman. I think I'm gonna give it to Reggie. You know, oh, I, yeah. he helped he... Betty and he convinced True. Hiram to allow an investigation. I think that's good. Yeah, I have got questions about Reggie, but. Yeah. Great. Well, let's dive into the rumor mill. What is your big okay, ready. you've been Here. teasing all <laughs> Okay. So I'm actually, I wrote this up for the dip. Not sure when it's getting published, but I just want to lay this all out for all of you guys. So basically, I think Tabitha is behind this whole Mothman thing. Okay. Okay. So I don't think she created the myth. I think the myth existed. And I think she knew about Dreyfus and she knew about the lights. <laughs> I think she knew all of that stuff in advance. Do you remember when Tabitha was like, I am a businesswoman. I just really want Pops to succeed. I put out the gas pump outside so that people would come to the diner. And we're like, oh, that's cool. Like, she's great. Like, she's like, Veronica was good at her job. Yeah. I think that once she realized that Jughead was going to write about the town of Riverdale and he was like kind of on the fence about writing about it. I think she, she's smart. And I think she was like, okay, let me give this kid a mystery that he's going to get excited about, write about. And then hopefully when it gets published, it'll drive people back to Riverdale. Also, she's the one who gave him the information about the Mothman in the first place, which I thought was weird. You think that Tabitha Yes. Is expertly running lighting stints. Yes. And 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 practical effects in the diner. Yes. Knocking Jughead out for hours straight. Yes. Where does the body come from? I think that that is real, but I don't think she planned it. I think she stole the body, but I don't think she so planned it. So you think that Tabitha is planning everything except for the things she didn't plan? No, I think Tabitha is planning everything around. She hasn't created the Mothman myth, but she's created the new sensation around it. Does that make sense? No, no, I don't I, believe makes you. Sense to I'm me. not on well, board I, for this theory at all. Can I tell you my second theory? Sure. I think that. Hiram and uh, what Hiram is doing is he's uncovering like a uranium type sus- uh, substance under Riverdale <clears throat> and that's what is causing people to like be formed like the Mothman like it's like radiation poisoning hills yeah. have eyes shit I'm trying to figure out like that does, that would change your skeleton right radiation probably I mean it could I guess I mean hills have eyes that's like nuclear stuff i think and i don't not accurate but presuming riverdale is not going to just make aliens canon yeah i don't want that (laughs) then like they better just join legends of tomorrow yeah like i i don't think i feel like riverdale stays really far away from like anything that's like too supernatural too like it always should be like is this this thing 
It could no, be radiation. I think the the light and everything shaking could be some military experiment. If there is a military base near town, that feels like something Archie should look into. Yeah, it also for sure. I don't know. What if they just go? Oh, that was just a truck passing by. Right, I thought that too. I was like, there are those huge trucks with huge lights. Like I, maybe yeah. it's that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to explain what's happening to Jughead. I I think I've learned my lesson to not get too excited for anything anymore. Yeah, it could just be chicken in a costume. <laughs> <laughs> it's just drugs. It's uh, just drugs. Just drugs. It's fizzle so, rocks and the milkshakes. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not. I get. I'm not super invested in the Mothman yet. I just. It doesn't feel like we're we're doing anything new. On this I just show. feel like it's not a coincidence that Jughead got really excited about something that Tabitha introduced him to. Well, yeah, it's a pretty girl <laughs> who's into something similar I, as him. I love Tabitha, but I think I I hope for Tabitha's sake she is playing Jughead at least a little bit. <laughs> I I really I really hope that for her sake. I think saying. I think Jackson's a massive wild card. Who, yes, uh, might not always be a friend. On this that'd be show. fun. Yeah, I I was shocked they actually kept him around. I don't know what I yeah. thought his character was going to be, but you know I have notes on the Archie story. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah I was surprised that he came back. I... Very surprised that Jorge's ex boyfriend's <laughs> boyfriend came back also. So. It's likely that the Mothmen, or the Lights, or whatever, have to do with whatever the thing is that Hiram's hiding. Or it would be, on a, on a show that made sense, it would make sense <laughs> right. for Jughead's thing, and Betty's thing, and Archie's thing, and Veronica's thing to all kind of turn into the same thing by yeah. the end of the year, or show. But this is Riverdale, so... Four separate things. They might all just get kidnapped by Mothmen at some point. I kind of think that at least two of the plots are going to be connected. Like, I think the Mothmen might be connected to the thing Hiram is doing, and then the serial killer would be separate. Yeah, they're just they're just the new mascots for Hiramland. Right, of course. <laughs> I don't understand why Jughead doesn't remember anything. Because everything we've heard about the Mothmen before is that they do not wipe memory. People just be, come yeah. back and they're like, hey, that was pretty chill. I kind of want to go back there with the Mothmen. I think it's radiation. I think that the reason those guys, the miners, got cancer was because they were exposed to some sort of radiation. Maybe it scrambled their brain. Also, it wasn't like they radiation. all got kidnapped at once and then they and then they all came back and had the same story. Yeah, I know. They all got kidnapped. Apart. Yeah, so that means somebody told somebody else. Yeah, about right. what happened. They're, they're, they're just fucking with Dreyfus. They're either fucking with Dreyfus like, or they actually. You see, there was think. this like really colorful rock I found. It was like shining and bright and made me feel weird when I touched it. We should all play right. with this rock, but like not <laughs> tell Dreyfus. It glows. So like, say like Mothman. I don't know some shit. Cancer and and deformed bodies and all of that screams radiation to me as well. Yeah, super fun. Or Wanda <laughs> magic. Maybe it's chaos magic. You know. Oh man, I can't believe Mephisto opened the multiverse and yeah. introduced himself. And he was played by Al Pacino. He said, "Hua, <laughs> meet I the X Men." I was so. Oh man, what a show! It was a beautiful show. I thought it was great, but 
Speaking of, <laughs> what are you watching? I'm watching Ginny and Georgia, and I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm only two episodes in, and I think it's really good. Um, there are what do you things like about, about it. it? So I, I really did not expect it to be what I thought it was. So have you ever seen the movie White Oleander no. or read the book? No. Okay, so it's this movie about this girl whose mom kills her dad or kills her boyfriend by poisoning him with flowers um and then the it's told from the girl's point the daughter's point of view as she hops from basically like foster home to foster home and there's a lot of there the narration from the daughter um and it kind of talks about like her mother kind of like looking back and like how her mother was like this kind of like beautiful but dangerous woman and how she had kind of like a complicated life and was kind of a complicated person and Ginny and Georgia is not dark, really. It's It has some darker elements than I thought it would. But I just think it's really interesting how it's like a story of a mother. It's, it's, told, it's a story from a daughter's perspective about her mother that is like both true and not true at the same time. Like this looking at her mother from like this very specific lens. It's really interesting. Because then you kind of see things from, like, how the mom is actually, like, how she grew up and the things that she didn't tell her daughter. Like, why she has these, like, life philosophies that she does is very interesting. I don't want to spoil too much. Oh, but you I can really spoil mind... anything from me. I'm not watching Ginny and Georgia. Well, I don't want to spoil anything for our listeners. So if you guys do want to watch Ginny and Georgia... Maybe skip ahead a few seconds. I will say the reason it reminds me of White Oleander is because fucking dude, the mom kills her husband that way in the what? first episode. So in the first episode, you see it's a funeral. It's like this old guy died in a car accident and then they're going to move somewhere new. So I'm like, okay, inciting incident. They're going to move somewhere new because the mom's rich husband died. And you're like, okay, cool. Um, and then like kind of like three quarters of the way into the episode, um, she picks up a phone and her lawyer is like, Hey, so his ex-wife is contesting the will. She's saying that he, she's saying that, you know, she deserves money because she helped him build his like yoga franchise. And the, and then, uh, Georgia's like, Oh, wait, they're talking to the police. And the lawyer's like, what are you talking about? Why would the police be involved? And you're like, Oh, that's weird. And then you realize that... I, I just feel so dumb murder. for questioning why you like this show. <laughs> of course there's murder in it. Who right, am I kidding murder. right now? Well, to be, to be fair... You... I swear to right. God, you have to read <laughs> the Vision comic I lent you. I oh, no, no, no. I'm very excited. That's the one I'm most excited about, honestly. So, because I already saw a few frames of it on TikTok. It, question. Anytime you suddenly become a big fan of a show, does that usually mean that there was a murder in there at some point? Um, I'm, I'm trying Is there a to... murder in Famous in Love? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, there's six, sort of. Is there a murder in Famous in Love? Actually, second season, there's like an attempted murder. I forgot there's well, two actually, seasons no, of Famous is there... in Love. Huh. Might be an outlier. Most other shows, there there is murder. This Is Us had a mystery. I really like a mystery twisted thing. That's really what gets me more than necessarily a murder. Um, 
but it's all fun, you know, to figure out things. But I really liked Janina Georgia much more than I thought. Thought it was going to be kind of silly, but also everyone on Degrassi is in it. So that's the other reason I love it. Because I love Degrassi. I love it. What about you? So I'm in The Expanse. I'm watching The Expanse right now, right? Cool. Ian likes that too. I finally finished all the stuff they did on sci-fi. So I just started the Amazon version. And I've ne- it's weird when you see a show's budget increase. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like it's like when I started Lucifer, they were in Canada. And then all of a sudden they were in L.A. <laughs> and it was like, oh. Like I mean, I know LA. they were set in L.A., but they are in yeah. L.A. Yeah. Uh, this is like... You know, they, they had cheap sets and they were indoors a lot and there's a lot of computer screens and green screen and then they just like step out into this into this onto this world in this in the fourth season premiere and you're like, Oh, we it's don't real. do this on this show. Yeah. But I think it's a really it does a weird thing with adaption because there is a book series. And they don't and like they typically don't end the seasons at the end of a book. Okay. So, like, the end of season one, what I would have assumed was the end of book one, you realize halfway through season two when this, like, big major event is happening, it's like, oh, this is clearly the end of the story they've been telling since the start of season one, and then they just start a new one after that. And, Interesting. And, and that one goes until midway through season three, and then I feel like the back half of season three is a really condensed book going on down there. It's a really... It... it, it, it you know, no episode feels like it wastes my time. And I kind of enjoy that even in the middle of the season, I'd be getting a massive episode that's going to mean a lot and, like, throw the characters in the new states. It is kind of interesting that we're so used to, okay, something huge happens in the premiere episode and then maybe the mid-season and then the finale, penultimate episode, then maybe the finale it's kind of weird how that structure has been so ingrained in us. I think it can be a problem. Yeah, I think so too. But For it's example, weird because <laughs> in one division, oh, <laughs> when Agatha or Agnes reveals who she really is, it doesn't feel like this is a moment that's happening because of some some big shift that's occurred. It just feels right. like oh, it's episode seven. It's time. It's time. You know, we got to yeah. do the second to last one's got to answer all the questions so we can punch people in episode nine. Yeah, I get that. But I also wonder if it's going to change maybe, or I don't know, because I think I was going to say, would it change with COVID when things have kind of gotten out of order that maybe people are going to find new ways of telling stories, but streamers well, should have done that. <laughs> well, I feel like streamers would have done that first, right? You so. know what? I am going to talk about The Good Wife. Because okay, John. <laughs> at the start of season five, Juliana Margulies and Carrie, uh, Alicia and Carrie, are going to start their own firm. And they're like, okay. they're like, they're like secretly planning to get a bunch of good clients and then and then leave when they can. But then, at the end of episode five of the season, their bosses find out. So oh, episode no. six of the new season is this explosion where they're fired all in a day. And it's like this quick battle to get any clients for the new firm and they don't have offices and they're going to war against the firm they worked at and all the people you know from four seasons. And and suddenly I'm like out in the wind and I'm like, I don't, what is this season going to be? Because that's that something you would have expected to at least go into like the mid-season finale or something like that. But, you know, a show like The Good Wife plays by its own rules. The Expanse kind of does too. And I I really appreciate that. 
when a show is, a good is willing way. to tell the story how long it takes and just keep moving on to the next thing, even if it doesn't fit into the structure of a season. The Good Wife is over, obviously. Yeah, right? yeah it ended. The Good Fight, I think, the good also. Good still on. Is it? I might have ended also. I think it's still on. You I'm know where you can find that? Positive. Paramount, Paramount Plus. Plus. <laughs> We're all really committing to Paramount Plus, I've noticed. Like, we forgot CBS All Access was a thing. Oh, they're pretending CBS All Access never happened. <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of it funny. because very funny because I when I when I had to boot it up on my TV, I had to uninstall CBS All Access and install Paramount Plus. And then it's the same menus. Everything yeah. is identical on the inside. It just says Pretend Paramount it never now. was real. Pretend. <laughs> just pretend. Anyway, John. Yeah. Where can they find you? You can find me on my blog, Catcher in the Rye. Oh, Rye is spelled W R Y. R Y, okay, cool. Yeah, I yeah, should write something there soon. That would be a yeah, good idea. Maybe. Thanks. <laughs> Would be nice. Would be nice is all I'm saying. Thank you. Where, Thank where, you. where can they find you, Kayla? You can find me on Riley Tweets on Twitter. That's R-E-I-L-L-Y Tweets. You can find us on Instagram at the Riverdale Register Podcast. So Next time, the show seems to be getting very sexy. Oh, maybe too much? Unclear. <laughs> Mom and Dad, I will let you know if you shouldn't listen to next episode. <laughs> <laughs> very curious. Very curious what's happening. Seems like Veronica and very weird. Just a, you know what? Honestly, guys, go watch it. We'll see when we get there. We're hoping that it's just a trailer and not the whole show. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's super weird. Anyway, over and out, River Vixens. <laughs>